0: In the old world, we buried our dead. It was closure for those left behind. Stones marked graves, sometimes witty or profound statements on the markers. At that time, I wasn't concerned with phrases or even closure. Respect held me in that neighborhood. Three feet into digging a mass grave, I stopped. A faint groan held my attention. Staggering from the banks' open door, Thomas, Tommy's son. His jaw sat slack. His hair stuck up in cowlicks as if he, like his dad, had just woken up from a long nap. Drooping, white-filmed eyes sat in deep sockets. He stepped off the side of the porch and fell straight down. One leg struck the ground first, and then he somersaulted and landed hard on his back. I cringed. If he'd been alive, that fall might have killed him. It would have knocked the breath out of him and then sent him into a screaming fit when he was able to breathe again. I wanted to run over to him to see if he was okay. I didn't. Instead, I watched. It took him a couple of minutes, but he managed to roll over and get to his feet. Daddy, can I go to Thomas's house? How many times had Bobby and Thomas played together? How many times did they have sleepovers? How many times had Tommy and I taken them to the nearest race or to one of the ball games over at the University in Columbia? Spider-Man clung to the front of Thomas's blood-stained shirt. A chunk of flesh was missing from his neck. I wondered if he was awake when he'd been killed. If there was terror in his eyes, fear in his heart, and a scream cut off from his throat. I wondered if Tommy had been the one to do it. Dead and on autopilot, and seeking fresh flesh to satiate an insatiable hunger. We watched each other. Me in the hole. Thomas at the base of the front steps. I tossed the shovel to the edge of the grave and climbed out. Thomas shambled toward me, his groan so much like a child in pain. Honestly, I guess he may have been. Maybe the rod and dead weren't so dead after all. Maybe they could do more than stumble and eat, like think and feel. I braced myself, glanced toward my truck. I could run, grab a gun long before he could reach me. Instead, I held my ground, shovel in hands, eyes fixed on my buddy's kid. He's not Thomas, I whispered over and over trying to calm my nerves. It didn't help. The shovel shook in my hands as he approached. Ten or fifteen feet from me, he lifted his arms. His face changed from a once-loving little kid's to a horrible semblance of what he used to be. Lips turned down in a sneer. Brows furrowed. He bared his teeth as I backed away. I'm sorry, Thomas, I said and swung the shovel with every ounce of strength I had. The hollow, metal-on-skull sound echoed in the silent neighborhood. My hand stung from the blow. Thomas staggered sideways and fell, but he wasn't done. Blood seeped from the nasty gash on the left side of his head. On his belly with his legs pushing and arms pulling, he crawled toward me, unfazed by the blow he'd taken. I raised the shovel above my head, and brought it down. His skull cracked. And mercifully, for both of us, it was over. I dropped the shovel, backed up until my butt hit my truck. I climbed in, locked the door. For the first time since the world went to hell, I cried. Straight up and down, bawled. Images of my family scampered across the front of my mind. Jeanette and Bobby. My brothers. Pop. It was all too much to swallow. Get a grip, Walker, I said, and wipe my eyes. Several deep breaths followed.